Hi, my name is Luke Kernin and welcome to the For The Win podcast where we discuss the human side of sport. We've got a very special guest today, a renowned children's book author of the Weirdo Academy series, which is out today. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at any good bookseller. And he's also a colleague of mine here at For The Win, Charles Curtis. What's up, Charles? Hey, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is going to be fun. So, you know Charles from various different For The Win podcasts, of course. You've seen his uh, brilliant content. You've probably even read some fancy takes of his, in which case you'll be in, in good stead. Um, but you were here in a slightly different capacity today. Um, why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, well, I, I've, I've written uh, two books in a series for, for um, it's called Middle Grade. So, like kids who are like 7 to 12, you know, kind of getting ready for or starting middle school. But uh, it's, it's a series of books that combines one of my favorite things, sports, obviously, which I write about. And uh, it has some, some superhero elements to it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's out. We're taping this on a Tuesday, so it's out today, which is unbelievable and surreal and exciting. Out today, very kind of you to give us the exclusive first interview to... I mean, how could I not, right? <laughs> you know, this is this is where I work, so you guys doing, you know, you, we're, we're doing this, That's it's a, a real honor, and thank you. So once again, it's the Weirdo Academy series. Book one is called The Accidental Quarterback. Book two, The Impossible Picture. It charts the, it, it charts, it charts the journey of Alex Tuiak. Am I saying that correctly? You are. It's spelled with a P at the beginning, a silent P, if you will. This yes. is a very, this is a very real world problem. As somebody whose last name is Kurdani, I'm going I'm to uh, trust the journey of Alex Tuiak as he um, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to bastardize this. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you describe. Um, what are these books about? What's the series about? Sure, it's it's the the tale of um, a kid who starts in a new town, a new school uh, in seventh grade as as a, a middle schooler. Which and what's funny about this, by the way, is now middle school starts in sixth grade. So already I'm dating myself as a, as a, a thirty something. But he turns out the first day of orientation, he notices. Uh, he discovers that he he something happens to him during a middle school initiation ceremony in which he he throws a punch but he can't control it at the bully who is kind of the you know running this initiation ceremony and he just doesn't know where it's coming from then it happens again later on in the book something happens to him where where a, a, a power comes over him and he suddenly can do math problems at the drop of a hat in two seconds he he can throw a football and that's where the sports thing comes into it you know 10 feet in the air 60 yards downfield and how does that happen well he he doesn't know so he sort of discovers this and he has friends and his his little middle school crush uh, also seems to have powers as well and so it's sort of the tale of like how they find out that the, they have these powers how they can try to control them and then also the sports element is he ends up on the football team because the football coach happens to see him throw this amazing pass in gym class and says i want you and your your buddy who jumped 10 feet in the air uh, on the team and so it's sort of their journey to through like you know the the coming of age stuff in middle school along with the sports along with the superhero angle and there's something evil in this so there's all of that in book one and then it continues through to book two in, in the in the impossible picture and it's a it's a fascinating premise i can't wait to pick your mind more about it but first i want to back up and just we've obviously worked together for about a year and a half now um, how did you, how, how did this, like, wh where did this passion um, to do this come from? Like, wh where did the inspiration behind it lie? Yeah, it's a, it's a very weird, funny story. No, weird, no pun intended for Weirdo Academy. I've said that a lot. Um, but uh, years ago, uh, you know, I, I, my, both my parents are writers, so shout out to mom and dad. Um, and they were always, you know, if your parents are writers, they're always pitching things at you. They're always saying, here's an idea. You should do this. You should write this article. It happens all the time. And it's in, in good, you know, it's always a good thing. Thing. And 
they were always like, you know, you should write a, a book or write a series. You know, you're 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 a good writer and, and all that. And, and um, so they throw ideas at me. And one day, and this is a long time ago, um, I was in a car with my parents, and my mom tapped me and said, you know, I have an idea for you. Vampires playing football. Now, you just heard me talk about the, the, the premise of the story. There's no vampires. But I had this vision in my head, I, I think very visually when it comes to, to fiction, and I saw somebody jumping in the air 10 feet in the air to grab a pass, like a vampire. He's like flying in the air. And I said to myself, all right, I don't like vampires. Uh, you know, they're so, it was like during Twilight and all that. And I sat there and I said, I don't want to do vampires, but what would explain somebody jumping, a kid jumping 10 feet in the air to catch a football? And I thought, well, superhero powers. I could do that because I love comic books. I, you know, I'm a nerd. I could, I could do that. And does the, the kid with the, the, you know, throwing the pass, does he have a special power? And it grew from there into this superhero story. Um, and, I, you know, it, it was sort of colored also by my love of sports. And I actually did an interview with a guy who is um, an inventor and a, like a, a, an amazing person. He's actually Google now. He's like their head futurist, I believe. His name oh, is Ray wow. Kurzweil. And he talked about how I asked him for a story for ESPN the magazine, which I was writing for at the time, to he said to me, I asked him, like, what are sports going to be in 50 years? Like, what are we going to see? And he said, you know, there are people who are going to have nanobots in their blood and they can sit at the bottom of a pool for five hours. Like, they'll be able to run, you know, around the world in a certain amount of time. Like, that's the future of sports. And I was like, oh, that's good. So I sort of took that inspiration. And so thanks, Ray Kurzweil. Um, and, and it sort of grew from there. And, and that's where the passion came from. And it took me a few years to write it. And, and here we are, which is just surreal. And in terms of the subject matter, um, it's of you said you read a lot of comic books growing up. I'm assuming you were drawing a lot on that experience um, and that helped you uh, in, the, in this in this task? Yeah, absolutely. I also read a lot of, of kids' books. I, I sort of combined all of my interests into one. Hopefully everyone gets this. You know, it's like the comic books, the sports, but also these really fun coming-of-age books that I read when for the age that I'm writing for. Um, I always talk about how I wrote for 11-year-old Charles. So I would read it, read my writing and say, would you would you read this as a kid? And I would go, yeah, like this is really fun because I'd read these books about you know, being the new kid in school or being the the kid with something going on outside of, of the world and being an outsider or things like that that really inspired me. I was also really inspired by Matt Christopher. He's this writer of, uh, and maybe the slightly older audience listening might might recognize the name. Uh, Matt Christopher wrote these sports books, tons of them about surreal things happening. In, in sports, these kids would like, the kid who only hit homers was one. There was one where there was a hockey game that these, these hockey players, these uh, young hockey players picked up, that what happened in the bubble hockey game would happen on the ice. And so it was sort of inspired by that combination, like, ooh, like, that's something I really gravitate toward. Maybe I can sort of bring that back in, in tribute in that way. And, and before we get back to the book specifically, this is something I had asked you about, um, I had asked you about maybe a week or so ago, where... I can't imagine how challenging it must be from a writer's perspective. So, you know, in our jobs from day-to-day -day life, we're not trying to write for kids, for example, um, which is a totally, you know, getting into the mind of a, a, of a seventh grader um, or, you know, an eighth grader or something. It's just a, there are like all kinds of things you have to do. I, I'm curious, I guess from a journalist's perspective, but also just from a general writer's perspective, what is that process like, having to sort of step away and not think like, okay, what do I want to say to this audience, but getting into the mind of your reader who's like 
on the scale of things, so much different than um, your average sort of everyday read. Right, it's a great question because I had to think about that a lot because I had to step away and say, okay, I can't write this description this way because maybe it's it's a little too old. And, I, and the other thing is I didn't try to write down. I didn't try to write down to my audience and say, you know, like here I'm trying to be simple. And it's like a fine line too, though, totally. right? Like you're not trying to write down, but you're trying to simplify it because some of the references may be lost otherwise or something. Right, so I tried to think about it like, okay, what would I have got? as a you know average let's say eighth or, or eight or nine year old would I have gotten this what you know there are a few moments in the book too that are uh, a little I would say PG 13 at worst because it's like you know there's there's um, uh, some some suspense that includes a firearm do I include a firearm is that something that a nine-year-old is that too much for a nine-year-old I, I decided like that's okay but YA stuff like you know Twilight was YA. I've read a bunch of YA too. Um, uh, uh, what else? Uh, the Hunger Games, books like that, um, where you'd read them and you'd say like, "This is for an adult. Like this is really heavy stuff." There's you know there's there's death and dismemberment and you know blood everywhere and 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 the serious romance. And I absolutely was like, "No, that's too old for my audience." So it was sort of paring it down of like. Where's the limit? And then finding the limit and kind of saying, okay, like this is the right place for it to be in and, and writing from there. But my journalist toolkit came in handy because there's a lot of action in the book that I was like, okay, I can describe this as if a, a journalist. So in my head, I'm like, all right, you know, write out this football play, write out this, you know, there's there's a trick play in the, toward the end of the book where I was like, okay, and I sort of like mapped it out in my head and I was like, okay, I can I can describe this. So yeah, it, some of the journalists, uh, in me came came into the book for yeah. sure, and and just the fact that uh, Alex Three X a a lanky kid that that, that screams Charles uh -huh, Curtis to yes. me. Those of you aren't listening, Charles is very tall, uh, but very very tall, slim, athletic guy, right? Um, oh, athletic is too uh, kind uh, <laughs> because as as uh, Alex is modeled after me for sure in terms of you know he's the tall, skinny. Um, outsider kid, and I, I would say I was that uh, as, as a seventh grader, which is, you know, I think everybody, and that's part of the, the message in the book, is everybody's an outsider in some way. Um, so you find what, what's special about you, and you, you sort of own it, and, and that's, yeah, that was me, for sure. And so this actually brings us really nicely to a question I wanted to ask about sort of the bigger themes going on in the book. Um, it's funny, you know, when you were describing the book to me and uh, my fellow podcast co-host, Hamel Javari, um, talking about a kid who learns he has superpowers, who uses them to be really good at sports. The, the, the first reaction from an outsider's point of view is, wow, that's a really fun, cool idea. But then the second one is one of a, sort of a moral quandary a little mm -hmm. bit. Like, oh, should, uh, you know, if I, if, if I have a mutant superpower, essentially, um, which involves me being able to throw the ball really fast, yes, I could be the best pitcher of all time, but what are the ethics behind that? Uh -huh. um, is that it seems like that's one of the themes you're trying to get at but I don't yes. want to speak for you no also. absolutely it was and uh, for those of you listening, uh, this happened during uh, a meeting where Luke brought this up and I said, oh, you'll just have to read the book. But uh, I, I was mostly joking. But um, the truth is, yes, that came into play while writing it, where halfway through the book, I'm sitting there going, you know, these these kids are doing something illicit. They're, they're essentially doing performance-enhancing drugs without it being a drug. And part of uh, the challenge of writing these books was to find a way for the kids to question it and and to kind of and I don't again I'm trying not to talk down to my audience I'm not trying to to write to, to them and say you know pointing finger like don't do PEDs kids it's more of like bringing up the question is it right or not um, when it's also it seems as though every good children's but you know like if we just draw my favorite one Harry Potter for example sure it, it's not lecturing as much as it is leading 
people down a certain path. Right. You know, it's, it is posing this question, as you said. Right, and I think that's that's the, the question that the kids come to about, I would say, two-thirds of the way, where Alex is super excited. He's like, oh, man, like, you know, I have powers. There's another kid, a friend of his, who does. Try not to spoil here. Um, but at some point, he's like, this is going to be great. And, and he, you know, uh, or one of the kids says, it's going to be great. And, and Alex says, no, it's not. Like, we're cheating. We're, we're you know, this is not right. And... I don't want to say I found excuses for them, but I found a way for them to keep going with this because if they're being uh, sort of, um, if the evil forces that are trying to get to them are closing in, they have to kind of keep up appearances. And so they're kind of forced into a situation or they're forced in a situation by these evil forces um, to keep using these powers in sports. And so is that right? Is that wrong? Um, in book two, in the second book, I, I won't get too far into it, but Alex grapples with this again further when he's sort of tempted by things that are that are tempting, you know, like there's a possibility that there's a college scholarship down the road. Of course, he's a seventh grader, so, you know, we got a lot. But this happens every day with, you know, 10-year-olds getting scholarships from, from big-name colleges. The temptations out there, is that right to, to use your powers to play sports? Is it wrong? Um, hopefully, um, by book, th- you know, when there's a book three or, or further, they answer the question where they, they realize that, you know, maybe they'll realize, like, this isn't all worth it. And and aside from the sort of ethics of the situation, it also speaks to this problem that I think every teenager has in, in regards to um, them coming to the realization of who they are in spite of what sort of the greater high school pressures are, right? Like, you're trying to, trying to look yourself in the mirror and say, this is who I am, but this is not what everybody, but it's not the same thing as what everybody thinks I am. It seems like that's another theme sort of running. Completely, I told you about this sort of the coming of age stuff and, and I, I want I want kids who feel like an outsider. And, I, and it's funny, looking back at high school and middle school, you realize that everybody feels like an outsider, whether you're quote unquote the popular kid or the, the nerdy kid like I was. Um, and you, you sort of, you learn to own it and, and you, you like accept who you are in some way. And, and I hope that this will, that is some of the not so subtle message of, of these at least first two books. And so you're a parent yourself, obviously. Mm-hmm. This, is, um, th- this is a children's book, so you're obviously hoping children see it and in, in, uh, children see it and want to buy it. But also you're pitching it to parents too, right? Like what are um, some of the things that you think parents should know Heading in, like, um, good question, Luke. In terms, you know, for example, like you mentioned, there was a firearm in in the book. Like, um, th- this is obviously stuff as a parent and stuff you would want to know, right? Like, yeah. like what what are some stuff that things that I want parents to know? I mean, I want them to know that that it's you know, the firearm in the story is part of the you know, there's a, there's a scene where there's an intruder in the locker room and and somebody who we we didn't know was part of uh, this this heroic group of of security guards pulls one out to to you know hunt for the intruder um it's not a a, a horrible scene there's there's no blood and mayhem um there's there's just some suspense that that comes throughout the book that is um kid friendly and i think kids love suspense like that's one thing i would pitch i mean i'm pitching also you know the like we just talked about the kids dealing with these moral problems it's not like it's unaddressed um but it's a lot of it, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I think parents will gravitate, you know, at least with, with kids. I mean, I, I I love the idea of boys reading. I mean, it's for everybody. It's for girls too. Um, but you know, as a, as a, a young male reader, uh, once upon a time, you know, there 
there were some books that were really written for for you know my my the, group and the kids a young uh, yeah the kids a young like, yeah. seven year old what twelve year old guy playing football and baseball like that, right. you know, that, that that's appeals to a certain exactly uh, but I, I I and one of my guest blog posts that I'm doing for what they call a blog tour um, is is like why would you read this book and I say it packs in everything there's there's sports there's there's superheroes there's romance there's action. Um, there's suspense and there's also this you know grappling with what's going on in in sports today in a funny way um so uh there's all of that it, it packs it all in there i guess it's, it's so I, I feel like it's for a universal audience even though it's the main thrust is superheroes and sports and as you said it's sort of um it's sort of alex's continuing struggle for um how to be normal in this extraordinary? How to be ordinary in an extraordinary world? See, you right? should pitch. You should. You should. Uh, you should be my pitch man. That's a, that's a perfect <laughs> way of putting we'll it. We'll do a Mr. Wonderful deal. You give me one cent in perpetuity for every book you sell, and we'll, we'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> oh, Shark Tank! <laughs> oh, Shark Tank! Um, so, any any final thoughts, Charles? Once again, this is the Weirdo Academy series. Book one is called The Accidental Quarterback. Book two, The Impossible Picture. Uh, picture, excuse me, not picture. Um. Any 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 closing words? Jeff? Just that I hope uh, people pick it up and and please reach out to me on Twitter, on Facebook, and just tell me what you think and if your kids like it. You know, one of the great things um, is is um, uh, the first book actually was launched a couple of years ago and so it's sort of relaunching as part of the you know the two books being out. And I got a few thank you notes from kids and they said you know they really they like rifled through it in a day and that was like the greatest compliment I've ever heard. That like kids who who don't and I heard from from the parents occasionally like. You know, my kid doesn't read that much, but he read this one in a day, and I was like, "Oh, that's like, you know." So I, hopefully, it, it, that's that's what what parents get to tell me, and and also criticisms are welcome. I want to hear, you know, what do you want to see in the next you know book in the series? So, I'll open to that, and I hope everybody enjoys it. You know, as much as people tweet, you know, thank you for this sound fantasy football advice, Charles. There must be something a little more special about getting a note from a kid saying this really changed my life. Oh yeah, the greatest. <laughs> Once again, it's the Weirdo Academy series, uh, the accidental quarterback book one, the impossible picture book two. Um, Charles Curtis is the author and a writer here at For the Win. So thanks again for joining us, Charles, and look for the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and any other good book. Thank you so much, Luke.